This is Free Talk Live. Welcome to our live Sunday edition of the show. You can dial in toll-free. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever is on your mind. Our number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. If you want to join the show, that's how you do it. Although, there's also the Discord on-air call-in-line rooms over at discord.lrn.fm. And that is a way for you to sound almost like you're sitting here in the studio with us. And tonight, that us includes me, Ian. Richie Rich. And Mark. So, as always, you can bring up what you want. We've got, you know, of course, news that we bring in. I know, uh, Richie, on the way, there's some, I guess, news from, uh, what is it, New York cops? Photoshopping mug shots? Yes. That's an interesting I, it, story. I don't know if it's New York cops, but this comes from the New York Times. And I also found it in some Oregon newspaper earlier in the week. So I was hoping that this... One had an update to the story as well. Yeah, so we can talk about that. Uh, plus, gun sellers apparently selling guns on Facebook, which is a no-no. Uh, but somehow they've uh, found some sort of a loophole or a workaround. We can discuss that. Plus, American Indian headdresses have been banned at a, a music festival in, well, of course, San Francisco. Uh, so these are all things that you know are on deck, but we may or may not get to them because it's open phones every night here on Free Talk Live. And we are expecting a special guest to join us here in just a few moments on actually our Discord server. He did just join the Discord, so and I'm not sure when he'll pop into the on-air call-in line rooms, but we'll get to, uh, to our guest and introduce him when the time's appropriate. So let's start with the, uh, the headdress thing from the Daily Mail... DailyMail.co.uk. American Indian headdresses have been banned at San Francisco's Outside Lands Music Festival, according to organizers. The feathered headpieces, which have become a controversial fashion trend at music shows across the U.S. I can see it from here. Finish the headline, because the second part of the headline is funny as to, to why. Oh, the rest of the headline? Uh, so banned at this festival to prevent hipsters from wearing them, was the claim at <laughs> the Daily Mail. <laughs> Organizers Cultural said, appropriation run amok. In a statement come on, come on, come on. Uh, that they sent to the San Francisco Chronicle, they were banning the headdresses, quote, out of respect for Native American heritage and culture. They added that we are committed to creating a safe, respectful, and inclusive environment for all. Now, that's not to say that anyone who is a Native American actually asked them to do this. Yeah, Probably not. Oftentimes, what you have is this, uh, you know, white people virtue signaling mm-hmm. uh, that goes on. There are certainly Native American activists out there that will jump on any opportunity to make some noise about uh, Native Americans, and um, you know, so I'm, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody was upset at one point. Mm-hmm. The fu- the thing is, is that you know, if somebody. Uh, what I've got Irish heritage, so all you people are out there that are drinking or uh, you know socially appropriating uh, my heritage, right? <laughs> Put down that whiskey, bunch of posers. That um, might be Native American heritage. Too. <laughs> right? No, uh, whoa, 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 whoa! We were drunk long before the Native Americans ever found alcohol. Um, no, I mean you know they. I I don't. Uh, you know, nobody seems to care if you're uh, of certain heritage, but if you're of other heritage, it's a really big deal. Um, yeah, it's a lot more allowable on St. Patrick's Day than it is Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> I, 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 that's right. People make a big deal about Cinco de Mayo, and in fact, Mexicans really don't care about that holiday much at all. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's just an excuse for Americans to drink. I think that most holidays, most holidays yeah. <laughs> I, I've looked into this this uh, American Indian uh, issue quite a bit, and while I won't 
say the Washington, D.C. football team's name because I think it's pejorative. The Redskins? That's right. I think it's pejorative. I don't like it. Okay. Um, Didn't they have what? Wasn't there another uh, football or baseball team or something that actually changed their name? The I believe the Cleveland Indians are uh, you know thinking about changing Chief I, the Wahoo I think is what his name is the uh, I thought there was like a Western there may have been I'm yeah some out, out west somewhere maybe I don't know I'm not a sports well, guy I, I, if you're saying it's a team then yes somebody's changed their name but like a, an Indian related team like may, maybe a high school team I don't yeah. know of anything I felt like it was one of them bigger names but I don't know I don't I maybe don't. it's just a controversy over one of them that's that's bubbled up. The one that's most controversial is the Washington football team. The Redskins. Um well you can say it all you can say you can <laughs> say it over and over again. I don't care. Um it's you're not going to get me upset about it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but I'm not going to say it because I think it's it's wrong. However, when they've polled actual American Indians on this subject, they don't care. Mostly they just don't care. Right. So it's a small uh, portion of them that care, and then you know a smaller portion in, of that that care at all care a lot. So there used to be controversy over the tomahawk chop as well during was it Braves games? Uh, in Atlanta, the, the tomahawk chop is chop is also done during the Florida Seminole Indians, uh, okay. you know the Seminole uh, Florida State Seminole uh, games. Sure, but the Florida State team is endorsed by. The Seminoles, the Seminoles, right? <laughs> and which makes uh, you know the, the the people that want to be active about this really upset. And that's the thing is, is you don't know like who gets to say. If I'm one Seminole and I'm upset that the Seminoles are doing Seminole, oh, 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 right, this choppy thing, yep. um, then I suppose you've got credence. If I'm just a white guy with an opinion on it, well, then okay. If I'm a crippled black woman then my uh you know then my opinion really matters i guess i don't know like it's it's all this identity politics stuff and i think we do need to have some level of empathy towards people that's why i don't use the washington football team's uh name but because i'm just not gonna you know i'm just not gonna participate at certain levels however i think this can go way too far okay and most American Indians uh, tribes didn't use this giant feathery headdress thing. Just a few of them did. Sure. And, you know, look, we found feathers. We're going to make something out of it. And I see why people want them. They're cool. Yes. You know? I mean, they're... They look great. I mean, they've got pictures of, you know, hot women at festivals here wearing Indian headdresses. Turns out that hot women um, in any circumstance look good. But, yeah. Right. So they've banned, according to uh, the San Francisco Chronicle that wrote, uh, I guess, the original story about this, adding that uh, they're committed to creating a safe, respectful, and inclusive environment for all. Native Americans argue that tribal headdresses should only be worn by chiefs and warriors as a symbol of bravery and not by non-natives as fashion items or fancy dress. Festival goers are also banned from taking totems. Taking totems, according to an official list of online does that mean you can't bring a totem into the festival i guess that's Sounds what that like means it, yeah. uh they will also be stopped from bringing in selfie sticks fireworks and drones what's that appropriation of i think these are just rules for the, the festival uh assistant professor of american studies at brown university adrian Keene first wrote about the issue in 2010 saying wearing them helps to quote promote stereotyping of native cultures and what Quote. is the stereotyping, yeah. though? 
See, this is the thing. Is they'll clear. say, you know, it, it it's bad, but how's it bad? Yes. Are you saying it's bad? Like you're you're going out there and you're saying this Indian hat is bad? Why? Who, who the hell are you to say that this Indian hat is yeah. bad? I don't see how it does anything to stereotype anyone. I mean, wearing a Indian headdress doesn't stereotype Indians as heavy drinkers as you did earlier. Uh, <laughs> it's a common joke amongst comedians. <laughs> but that's the thing. Jokes have a victim usually, right? There's usually somebody who's being picked on uh, yeah. in a joke. And people who have a sense of humor Wait a second. are fine with that. I made several jokes about Irishmen drinking, <laughs> yes, and you're you not mentioning that. We're talking about Indians right now. <laughs> well, okay. Okay. So, you know, people who want to get offended are going to find something to get offended about. And no matter what, you know, no matter how safe you try to make the safe room or safe zone or whatever, uh, you know, they call them these days with the young kids need their little safe space. That's what it is. Safe space. Uh, There's probably still somebody who's going to get upset about something. Maybe it'll be another person who's in the safe space. Right. Like even if it's a completely nondescript uh, room with padded walls or something like that, uh, there's still something that's going to offend these easily offendable looking to be offended uh, kind of people. We can right. continue. They started out angry. Yeah. They found this issue. Toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. We've got the Discord call-in line rooms, and you can join us here. Whether you want to talk about so-called cultural appropriation or anything that's on your mind, you can join us here on Free Talk Live. It is the live Sunday edition. More coming up. Yep, it's Free Talk Live, and we're doing the live Sunday edition of the program. As always, you're invited to join us here. Our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. We're brought to you by Bitcoin.com, great website with a ton of features, especially for people who are new to Bitcoin, but even those who've been into it for a long time. You're going to find some really valuable information there. They recently launched their local.bitcoin.com website that allows you to buy and sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods. You finally have a global trading platform that respects your privacy because there's no, what they call, know-your-customer requirements. You don't have to show identification in order to create an account there at local.bitcoin.com. And also the communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. So head on over to local.bitcoin.com. And one thing I, uh, when I was talking to Roger Veer, the the sort of head guy over there at Bitcoin.com, he said that basically you're completely safe in buying Bitcoin cash at local.bitcoin.com. He said that. As long as as you're doing buying. Yeah, I'm going to add to that that you... That's he a bold statement. He, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. If I were there, I would have stopped him on saying that because no, no, you're not. Um, you need to follow the rules as a buyer in order to be completely safe. So okay. there are scam artists on the site because it's again, it's an anonymous site, so you got to be careful. Um, a common scam that is trying to be run on buyers, new buyers who don't know what they're doing, is you'll open a trade with somebody. Yep. And so let's say it's a PayPal trade and, you know, they're, they got a good price, right? It's just right. below market. So there's, they'll price like just below market to attract you in. And, uh, and then they'll say, okay, well, here's my PayPal address. But if you don't know what you're doing, you don't know that you need to make sure they put the money in escrow, that the, the, the Bitcoin cash needs to be put in escrow. I see. Because if they don't put the coin in escrow and you send them, 
you know, dollars or whatever drachma or whatever currency they want on PayPal. Well, guess what? They just got your money on PayPal and they didn't put anything up into escrow. So therefore, you can't get anything because there was never anything put into escrow anyway because they're, they're scam artists. You can dispute it on PayPal and likely will get your money back because PayPal's yeah, notorious. Yeah, you could do that. That's yeah. a possibility, but then, you know. I'm not a saying, lot of extra yeah. steps. Agreed. It's not going to feel good. Uh, it's not going to be fun. No. Um, so you've got to follow the rules in order to be protected as a, as a buyer. So. And they will try to trick you. So we go to, uh, we're going to get to your calls and thoughts coming up here in a moment. We, I did promise at the start of the show that we would have a special guest. And uh, we've managed to hammer out the technical difficulties to get him on with us. He is Benny Wills from uh, BennyWills.com. A couple great YouTube channels, including Joy Camp and his brand new one, which is uh, eponymous, named Benny, Benny Wills. Uh, Benny, welcome to the program. Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate you saying uh, technical difficulties, and it was actually just my own ineptitude and inability <laughs> to get on Discord, but thank you. <laughs> well, welcome. It's uh, it's nice to have you back. I think the last time we had John was a couple years ago at uh, one of the Anarchapulco events. Yes, it was the, uh, I think it was 2018 when we were live and in person. And you, I believe, have actually been named the MC of the main stage at the coming 2020 oh, Anarchapulco, wow. so congratulations to you for that. Thank you. And yeah, it's uh, it seems to be in motion. Yeah, I guess I'm going to be the next MC for the event. Great. It's a huge event. I mean, for listeners that maybe haven't heard of it before, uh, if you're newer to the show, it happens in, uh, of course, Acapulco, Mexico at a just absolutely beautiful resort. Um, I think there were about 2000 attendees there last year, which makes it one of the largest, probably the top two, like it and Freedom Fest are probably the two top tier competing events. Uh, for largest attendance of any freedom-related festival on the the planet, uh, they had Ron Paul speak there, and you know if Ron Paul shows up, it's, a it's big deal. Gonna be a big event. Uh, so you know that's you may be introducing Ron Paul next year. I mean, how does that feel? Oh, it's great. Yeah, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm, it's it's an honor to be in such good company. I mean, I've been. Uh, I never would expect would have expected that my path would lead me to such opportunities. So it's. Uh, pretty cool let's talk about your path for a moment here um obviously some of our listeners probably never heard of you before richie in our studio is uh, is new to i'm i'm fairly new i've heard the name i just yeah, i can't cool. place it well so... i said joy camp to you early and right you said and you'd that, heard, you'd heard i've that. heard of that but i haven't I honestly haven't seen any of the videos so how did you end up becoming i mean what how, and how would you describe yourself libertarian voluntarist anarchist do you even describe yourself in those ways and how did you get there well i think I, I identify so much with the anarchist principles. I feel more comfortable calling myself a voluntarist. Yeah, me too. Uh, if push came to shove, but I also don't like labels in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm my allegiance is to the truth. That's where I'm at. So I'm I'm on the side of truth, uh, wherever that takes me, and that's where I'm, that's where it's well. This is where it's taking me so at this point in my life. <laughs> yeah as as if there's any other way to be but yes that is uh that is that is what i am well how did you get there what was was there some sort of uh you know event in your life or issue or what was it that kind of opened these doors for you you know i've always just had a sense that life was more than what i was being told by authority uh, all the way back to elementary school i just was always asking why, 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 why was I learning the things I was learning? Why did I have to be in class? You know, who I, I was always just a curious person. And so that naturally, uh, I guess, evolved as I got older and I just became so skeptical of politics and anybody who was telling me that I had to do something. 
I've never been, I was never a good employee. I didn't take orders well. Uh, and I've always just been very independent and it's just, it's been a natural progression. So there wasn't really one thing, a big yeah. moment. I did decide when I was about 20 years old, uh, to dedicate my life to truth. I, I really declared it to myself. I said, I want to know the truth. And That's impressive at that age. I, did you say when you were 12 or 20, you, there was a little jitter 12. 20. 20. Oh, oh, I said okay. 20. Oh, but, I, but I thought 12, he said 12 I, I too. I'm like, man, this is a precocious kid. I wish. <laughs> that was the jitter then because I also yeah, heard yeah, 12. Because I declared jitter. that I wanted to know more about Star Wars figures. <laughs> <laughs> 12. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Um, yeah, it was, it was when I was in college. I just, mm-hmm. it was actually, yeah, I think the real turning point was when it was, I, I was in college in San Francisco and it was right before the election of 2004. And it was Kerry versus Bush. And, uh, at that time, I guess I was definitely leaning more to the left, and the sentiment was anybody but Bush. And I was really I had mixed feelings about it because I caught wind of the the fact that both Kerry and Bush were Skull and Bones members, and I thought, well, that's weird. Like of all the people, of all the all the people in America, we have to choose between two Skull and Bones members. That's odd. Two and then guys from the same guy, secret club. Same club. It was, it was <laughs> bizarre, and I, and I noticed it, and it was peculiar. And then. Uh, this guy named Peter Camejo came and spoke at my school, and he was the running mate of Ralph Nader uh-huh, that okay. year. And he was just—he was so—he was no BS in the way he spoke. And as I—and it was the most I'd ever liked a politician. And he was talking to us, and I was like, "Man, this is—I like what this guy's saying. I wish I could vote for him." And when I had that thought, I became aware of my programming. I was like, "Whoa! Why can't I vote for this guy? Why do I have to vote for somebody?" just to keep somebody else out of office mm-hmm. when I actually really like this person I'm listening to. And that was, and that sort of created a little schism for myself. And I guess that was sort of a, uh, I love the terminology uh, programming because mm-hmm. it is ridiculous that, you know, you think that, that, that I think for whatever reason, um, well, I got to vote for one of these major party candidates because God knows I don't want to waste my vote. Are you kidding? Uh, your vote's inconsequential. There's no wasting it. <laughs> you know, Right. We got more coming up here. Benny, you're right. sticking with us, right? For a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I'll be here. Right, more with Benny Wills here. And again, uh, a couple of YouTube channels. We'll talk a little bit more about those. Uh, Benny Wills is his newest one. Maybe a little poetry? Originally, I got a, I got a poetry, yeah, a piece of his poetry, which is amazing. This was actually just an excuse to play some of that. Yeah, really. Uh, it's, it's so really awesome. Fantastic. So There's awesome. more coming up here in moments. It's Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin Cash. Local.bitcoin.com. It's Free Talk Live, the live Sunday edition of the program. Uh, We are open phones every single night here, and we will continue to be open phones as soon as we are done with our special guest. We don't do guests very often here on Free Talk Live. It's normally just open phones every single night, seven nights a week. But every now and then, you know, somebody strikes me as... 
we ought to talk to that guy. Right. I, I'd say at least half of the time, if not more than half the time, if we do have a guest, it's because I've pushed you to do it. The real rarity is when you get excited about somebody and have them brought on, and that's yeah, what's going on here. And say yes to the Can we bring him on? No, we don't do guests. Except on special occasions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, so we were giving him some accolades earlier, and, and and certainly I knew that he was a talented guy when I saw Joy Camp, which is his YouTube channel, which is, you know, I, I will do my best to, to describe it. I'm sure you can do a better job. Uh, Benny Wills is with us here, but Joy Camp is sort of like a, a sort of half satirical, half honest uh, look at the truth and you know, like you've got a character on there called conspiracy guy who you can't really tell exactly which conspiracies benny wills actually believes but uh, he certainly is familiar with it seems like all of them and and sort of lampoons it to some extent well art holds on, up a mirror on joy camp and i think that benny does an excellent job of that you also got to be careful with satire they're cracking down on that too now so i i first saw saw you on joy camp uh benny and i don't know where i came across that in you know the internet world um, but then, uh, you know, we met briefly at Anarchapulco, and then I saw you again this year at the very first Anarcho Vegas, and you were the MC there. And you got a lot of time on stage to uh, kind of uh, share some of your poetry with the crowd. And Mark and I were doing our radio show most of the time there, but every time I was over by the stage, I would always, you know, stay there and listen uh, to what you were saying because it was really that fantastic. So I thought, you know what, we, we should have him back on. So welcome back. I really appreciate that. Uh, thanks. How was all, all, all the nice things you guys just said? Well, how, okay. So now, how would you describe Joy Camp? Because that was my crack at it, just as a viewer. But... Uh, how would I describe it? Well, it someone called it conscious comedy once, and we all kind of like that. We really just were looking for a way to contribute when uh, my friends and I started it back in 2012, and wow, we realized that yeah, we realized that um, there was a serious lack of humor in uh the yes. quote truth movement and in the sort of the conspiracy world and oh yeah really it's so dark them. and depressing and that's uh, reaching out to the real world now too well, yeah. everybody feels so beset in uh that particular movement um in you know for lots of good reasons uh, they well feel- that's because they believe that you know there's an evil cabal of uh, men behind the scenes that are controlling everything and you know there's all these different stories well, everybody's always calling the, them a lunatic the too. rabbit hole just keeps getting deeper if you follow it and it gets really dark and, and pretty scary so like there's a lot of uh fear-mongering there's a lot of negativity and and you can't really attract people with that i mean you're going to attract a certain type of person obviously people like alex jones or whatever are quite quite successful uh with their sort of fear message uh but comedy is something people love and that's something that attracts people creative uh skit comedy you don't see that not just in the truth movement but the libertarian uh, movement it almost doesn't exist it's just a bunch of geeks reading a bunch of books or you know arguing on the internet and so you brought something new to the table yeah, exactly. We just wanted to bring some levity to the situation. And since we were all pretty uh, performance and film oriented, I mean, I've been studying acting since I was a kid and I was a theater major in college and uh, we were all living in L.A., all trying to make it as, you know, make it in the business in Hollywood. Waiting tables. <laughs> <laughs> never, I never waited a table, but I did. I did as a substitute teacher and as an arts instructor and I got, actually got hired at a coffee shop once, and I didn't even finish my first shift before I quit. Wow. I just, uh, like I said, I've never been cut out for taking orders. I can't, I just don't do well when people tell me what to do. Yeah, I'm the same way. And I just wasn't, yeah, so that didn't didn't work out so well. But for years, Kevin and I, Kevin is my 
sort of co co creator of Joy Camp, we were wanting to contribute in some way. And we didn't realize that we could use what we were already good at and apply it. We were we thought we had to be activists in some way. And then when we finally realized, oh wait, we can take what we're already good at and you know apply it to activism, I guess it uh, it all fell into place. And we never really had any intentions with it. We just like doing it, and people seem to like it. And and gosh, it's just been a real unfolding for me in the past, especially in the past like three or four years, what that's led to for me. Um, but yeah, we just wanted to lighten it up a little bit. And I think that's the best feedback we get when people say that they were finally able to share something with a, a friend or a family member that was otherwise unreachable. And then they showed them a Joy Camp video. And now they're then they were laughing and they were talking again. And, you know, that's really rewarding. And so then we actually became pretty passionate about it because we saw firsthand that it had these videos had the ability to disarm people and we were able to like reach some people that were otherwise unreachable with taboo subjects and you know we became pretty passionate about it and then i it's it's sort of hard to keep a group together mm. and as i started i continued to grow and i outgrew my career in hollywood and i stopped wanting to be involved with that dark industry anymore so i moved away and then really started stepping into my own sort of performance uh contribution which is my which is where i you know like that's where my heart is anyway i've been a performer my whole life and now i'm performing my own work and it's it's beautiful awesome so you left hollywood because yeah. they tried to recruit you into a cult <laughs> <laughs> well i was trying to like force my way into a cult that i had no respect for and then it was when i realized that i was just running i was like have you ever had a meeting with Harvey Weinstein? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, it's funny. People ask me all the time, like what I actually experienced in Hollywood, because I, I, I grew up in LA. I was there from, from birth until 10 years old. And then I was there from 25 to 33. So I spent a lot of my life in Los Angeles and in the business. And my parents were actors and, you know, I was, I've been saturated in show business my whole life, but I never saw anything or experience anything too dark firsthand other than just people's attitudes. But, right. you know, the real like dark stuff that people talk about and speculate on, I've never experienced. I don't doubt that it's actually happening, mm -hmm. but I never experienced it firsthand. But when I did realize that I was trying to break down the walls of something that I really had no respect for and that severely compromised my integrity, I knew that I had to walk away, even though it was a lifelong dream. And that was a really, you know, bittersweet thing to do. Why not pursue the dream and change Hollywood from the inside? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Well, I thought, I, you know, honestly, I thought I could for a while. I think that's how I, <laughs> right. I, I thought I was talking myself into it. I was like, I'll be the one, you know, I'll make, I'll become rich and famous through a TV show. And then I'll use that money to fund my own projects. And then at a certain point, it's like, actually, I don't want anything to do with this. Yeah, that's the wonders of the Internet. It provides uh, people the ability to these creative outlets that otherwise wouldn't have them. Because you don't have to ask permission. Right. You've built anymore. this audience that otherwise right. would not have existed because, uh, you know, you were trying to sort of mold yourself so that you could infiltrate or whatever a system that likely was never going to let you in. Right. It's got these, you know, screens that are put up over time to keep people out that they don't like and yeah. uh, you know it's 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 so many people spent so much time banging their head against all kinds of different walls out there and i'm just glad you figured it out yeah well i i figured out that when i when i, when I first moved to la it was after i 
completed graduate school and I thought, I'm just going to do independent film. I'm going to be an actor who just gets known for being avant-garde and doing, you know, smaller projects. And, you know, after a year I was broke. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, well, how do you make money as an actor? And so I started really analyzing it. And the really the best ways to make money is if you're a movie star, if you're a, if you're a series regular, or if you're doing commercials regularly, yeah, commercials. commercials pay really well. So I turned my attention to commercials. I'd like, okay, well, I, I don't want to work a job. I don't want to work at the coffee shop. I don't want to wait tables. Um, but I don't want to be a slave to some job I hate. So I think I'll just, you know, figure out how to book commercials. And I did. I got pretty good at it. I joined a softball team that was represented by a casting office. And I started volunteering there and just figuring out what it took to book commercials, how to take my skills, which were classical in training like i'm a classically trained actor i mean i've i studied shakespeare and i have a master's degree in stage acting and how to like consolidate that into a commercial performance and i did quite well for a while but then i realized they're exploiting my talent they're exploiting what i've worked so hard to achieve to sell products that i don't care about and are most likely damaging people so it was a real you know, integrity compromise. Hold that finally. thought, Benny. We're going to continue oh, here sure. in just a moment. Benny Wills is with us. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, live Sunday edition of the program. As always, you're invited to join us here. Our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. But we're, we're breaking our normal format of uh, open phones. We'll get back to the open phones coming up here in a little bit. Uh, to make room for our special guest, his name is Benny Wills. He has a website, BennyWills.com. Uh, that's W-I-L-L-S. Not to be confused with Willis. Okay, it's BennyWills.com. And uh, he's also the, one of the creators of Joy Camp, which is a great channel on YouTube. He recently launched his own uh, YouTube channel, which is called Benny Wills. You can find some of his poetry uh, there, and we're going to bring him back on the line with us. I, I had to look up this quote. Uh, it's attributed to George Bernard Shaw. If you want to tell people the truth, make them laugh. Otherwise, they'll kill you. <laughs> and, and that's that's something that uh, you know you were you're doing uh, is you bring, as you said, you're bringing levity to the truth movement. Something that really. I don't know if anybody's done it before you. I mean, if they have, it certainly hasn't you know, reached my desk. So welcome back, Benny Wills. Thanks. And that quote is our channel motto. We is it? have nice. that posted on our channel. Oh, yeah. Although we, we have it uh, attributed to Oscar Wilde. Ah. I guess it can go. I mean, it's the, it's, the, it's the message that matters. Yeah, absolutely. So you're saying that the, uh, the truth of who said the statement doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've heard that George Bernard Shaw was a eugenicist, so I mean, it might be important. Oh, poor eugenicist. They only get such a bad rap. I don't know yeah, who said right. it. I just did an internet search and picked one of them. Uh, I bet Snopes could tell you. Mark, yeah, right. Look up look at Snopes. Before we continue, tell me about My Magic Mud, Mark. Yeah, real quick about My Magic Mud. It is a black tooth powder made of charcoalized coconut shells and bentonite clay. That's the truth. Yeah. It's it, it's, it is great. I've uh, used it for years now, just about the entire length of the product's history, and I won't live without it. It's one of those things that I simply will not exist without. I've got to have it. It's clinically proven to whiten teeth, but I am convinced that my teeth are no cleaner than the moment after I uh, finish using my magic mud. 
It's available at health food stores, Sprouts, uh, most major health food stores, Sprouts, CVS, Natural Grocers, Walmart's Natural Beauty Isle, Amazon. You can get it in pretty much any place you want to get it. But if you go to MyMagicMud.com, you can use coupon code FTL20 and you can get 20% off. And I say every time I do one of these reads, if you listen to only one thing I say. Listen to me about my magic mud because I believe in this product so strongly. It's uh, if you've you know, as far as oral health goes, we all have to deal with it. MyMagicMud.com coupon code FTL twenty. I think you'll be very happy that you did. MyMagicMud.com coupon code FTL twenty. So Benny, you were telling us uh, a bit of your story about how you kind of uh, left the direction that you initially thought your life was going to go, which was a sort of a Hollywood uh, direction. Left that and went in a different direction to get away from, you know, a place where you're an industry where you would have to kowtow to the powerful and then ultimately end up being told, you know, what to do so you could be a star or have success. And uh, you went off in kind of your own creative direction, and that re- resulted, you sort of following, you know, your dreams or, or your, your heart, if you will, uh, and that opened up all kinds of other opportunities that otherwise never would have presented uh, themselves. And, and now, you know, here you are, you've got a couple of... Uh, Successful, I would say Joy Camp certainly a successful ch- uh, channel uh, on YouTube. Benny Wills, brand new. How long ago did you launch your own personal channel? Uh, I think it's been about two months, so not that long. It's yeah. something I've been playing with for a couple of years now, but I finally took the plunge because it's you know it's been intimidating to start over from uh, from zero. But you know, it, it was time to separate the two. I think, and. Uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, YouTube is is not what it once was, so I don't really know what's in store. But I'm I'm hoping that everything is uh, just on track and going to go the way it's supposed to go. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a platform. It's just one place where you can have a thing until they decide to get rid of you. Uh, so of course, it's right. always good to have your content somewhere else. And that was actually one of the things that we were talking about off uh, off the air was uh, the library. Uh, which is a b- blockchain. It's LBRY. I think they finally got the .com. It used to be .io. Okay. Yeah, I, I remember .io. Yeah, I think they got the .com. Uh, and it's a decentralized blockchain-based video sharing service. And so they're backing up my channel, which is the Free Keen YouTube channel. So every video I upload to that that Free Keen channel uh, automatically gets piped into the library network. So if, if YouTube gets a stick up their butt about some content that they, they don't like or the channel itself they, they shut down, we're safe. Everything's okay because it's what, on the blockchain. At what point do you start promoting that over the YouTube channel and just break away? <sighs> That's a good question. I'll, I'll put it out to uh, the guests as well. Like you know, if you're only on YouTube, yeah, when do you switch? For, yeah. When do you switch from the major platforms to focusing on just your own thing? I don't know. That's a good yeah, question. I know that that is a good question because, well, first of all, I mean, I've been uploading my videos, especially the Joycam videos, to a other platforms the last couple of years you know just in case and youtube is still where the traffic is and that's 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 the challenge so people need and people need a reason to leave youtube and unfortunately too many people that say quote the masses are they have no reason to leave they think the censorship is good and that getting channels taken down is no big deal if they even know it's happening at all so i feel like it's good to have a, a dog in the fight over there and then you know have your backup plan and then Hopefully something takes off and people have a more incentive to maybe they hold people just get fed up with YouTube because it is it's becoming so vanilla and just so dull. Hopefully people start to see that and they well, leave. they keep so, banning all the alt content that might make it a little bit exciting. That that helped 
to build YouTube, by the way. That's what really pisses me off about all of it, is that we all helped to build it, and now they're getting rid of us, and it's... uh. I mean, I'm not, I can't say that I'm surprised, but yeah, it is it's the insulting. same old story, right? That's what they do. They 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 crucify the prophets. Um, you know, they've yeah. done it throughout history, and you know, once they get there, then all the all the well, Benny's safe because he makes people them. laugh. It's the ones that don't make well, them laugh that are going to get crucified. <laughs> well, honestly, that, that that is a part of my. That's one of the reasons why I started the new YouTube channel because I thought it's going to be a lot harder for them to censor poetry than it is to censor presentations. Mm. You know. I feel like it's harder to sense uh, an artistic contribution than it is someone who's just giving you their opinion or telling you, you know, giving you a, a you know, a, a thorough presentation of facts. Like when it's when it's artfully done, it's a little harder to, you know, uh, quarantine. So I'm I'm curious to see what they do with my work because it's definitely it definitely pushes the envelope, but it's done in a really charming and melodic way that. I think is going to have a hard time. Uh, I feel like the algorithm isn't going to really know what to do with it other than bury it, but it can't really censor me. I'm hoping anyway. Ian, can we hear some of this poetry? Yes. It's been the hour. Yeah, 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 I yeah we can. I, d- I just wasn't sure if I wanted to play it while he was on the line because I don't know if he's probably got to go soon, I would guess. I've got three minutes um, and we barely have uh, three minutes right now. Well, you don't want to, this so. isn't the kind of thing you, you burst in on, yeah, so no, play I, it. Okay. Well, I was thinking about playing it the next segment, but if you if you're insisting, Mark, I, I want to hear it. I guess we'll play it now. Here, here we go. This is uh, Benny's uh, one of the recent uh, uploads on his channel at uh, Benny Wills on YouTube called Race War. Racism is not systemic. It's not genetic or endemic. It's really not the problem, although it is problematic. Problem is it's nourished endorsed, engineered, and encouraged in our society that's fractured, run by maniacs and bastards, dollar signs and bankers, politics and wankers. They want us fighting each other, blaming, hating, and shaming each other. So we're always looking laterally, horizontally, instead of up the ladder accurately. Divide and conquer is the method, is the oldest trick in the book. Distracting us by blaming us. Well, they get off the hook. White cops versus black men. Just a clever misdirection. The police state versus everyone. And a war for your perception. Furthermore, let's explore American economics. Debt-based indentured servitude disguised as patriotic. The money monster taunts us and haunts us like a ghost. Drip drop like an IV drip, because without any, you're toast. Now, I'm going to interrupt it there, even though that's probably bad you know, from an artistic standpoint, just because we <laughs> we're short on time. Um, Benny, you know, I don't know how much time you've got. If you want to stick for one more segment, that's up to you. I didn't ask you that in advance, so it's, it's completely up to you. Totally. Yeah, I can stick around. All right, cool. So we'll continue the rest of this poem, but just to comment briefly, uh, this is definitely a theme that we've discussed here is the idea that government divides people and it 
pits groups against groups, and they constantly are fighting with one another, and they never really realize the the wool has been pulled over their eyes, uh, and that it's actually, of course, the state that's the problem. It's the government that you know. In fact, if you listen to the rhetoric, they've got you down. Say people will say, "Well, we are the government." Oh no, you're not. <laughs> I mean, if, if there's any evidence the to that, go ahead yeah. and change. One thing about the government. Good luck. Oh, it's going to take you 20 years to do that? Maybe that's because you're not the government. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Benny, stand by. We're going to bring you back here. Uh, thanks for the uh, the extra time. I appreciate it. He's uh, Benny Wills. You can go to BennyWills.com. Check his uh, YouTube channel out as well. We've got more on the way. Hour number two is next. And you can call in if you got a question for him. Hello, everyone. This is Courtney Shrem, and I want to invite you to join my husband and I, Charlie Shrem, on his new show, Untold Stories. For a deep dive into crypto history with the people who made that history. Together, we'll explore the personalities and events that gave rise to Bitcoin and the crypto revolution. The innovation, the collaboration, the battles and the busts. You'll have a front row seat to the early days of crypto up to today. And you'll hear it from the folks who lived through it and survived to drive this movement mainstream. Untold Stories looks back to reveal what inspired some of the greatest minds on earth to come together to create this technology and change the future for everyone. So join Charlie and his guests, the techies and the traders, the entrepreneurs and the innovators, as they explore our past and understand what that means for the future. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program. As always, we'll take your calls and thoughts about whatever is on your mind. Our number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. With you tonight, it's Ian. Richard Rich. And Mark. And we've got special guest Benny Wills is with us and has been with us for most of an hour. And uh, definitely appreciate the time. Um, we talked about some of his history and how he you know, kind of always felt... In the same way, like I, 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 I feel similarly. Like I never was uh, enjoyed being told what to do as a kid. Uh, I didn't know that there was a name for that. They call it oppositional defiance disorder. They do now. Uh, now and uh, you know, ended up parlaying. Thank God we can diagnose you with something. <laughs> Uh, ended up, you know, becoming a uh, a poet, or you know, probably have always been a poet, for at least for a long time. For you, Benny Wills, it's uh, it's what you're doing now. At least you started out in Hollywood and kind of uh, turned away from that. Just kind of try, trying to do a brief recap here for those just tuning in. Um, you've been a guest speaker at various different events. In fact, coming up, I just noticed you're one of the speakers at uh, Anarchadelphia, which will be coming up in a couple weeks. Yep, I'll be there. Now, normally you're kind of like a, a West Coast guy. Do you get out uh, out east very often? Uh, not often. No, I was the I was actually the MC for the Red Pill Expo a couple uh, months ago, yeah, and that was right. in Connecticut. Connecticut. But that was the first time I've been to the East Coast for. Uh, let me think. Yeah, that's the first time I've been there for any event at all. So this will be my second one coming up, and Two. I actually love the East Coast. I, I used to live in Maryland, so it's a uh, some some family members are going to come out for this one, which is pretty exciting for me. Yeah, very cool. Someone's got to get them a slot at Liberty Forum. Yeah, that'd be great to have you up here in New Hampshire at some point. There's a couple great events that happen here. Liberty Forum is kind of like the convention-y thing that they, the Free State Project puts on. Uh, but there's also Fork Fest, which is a, a decentralized 
Liberty Camping Festival in the summertime. And then there's the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which is also uh, during the summer. But coming up, uh, Anarchadelphia is, I believe, the weekend of the uh, 13th through the 15th of September. And it's going to be a first ever event put on by the guys from the State of Anarchy who are super cool guys, uh, Carmen and Sonny. We you know, hung out with them actually while we were at Anarcho Vegas, and they're they're great. They had us on their show a couple times from Anarcho, uh, not Anarcho Polko. There's so many Anarcho events now, Anarcho Polko, Anarcho Vegas, Anarcho Delphia. Well, um, you know, I'd say it's that it's, uh, as long as it keeps working and people keep coming to the events, yeah. it's fine. So what will you be doing there? Are you uh, just speaking, doing poetry? What's your plan? Uh, I'll probably perform some pieces and... You know, may add some banter in between. That seems to be my my usual. When I when I get when they ask me to speak, that's usually what I do. I'll I'll uh, just kind of make. As I call it what I do. I call stand up poetry. So it's <laughs> you know it's double entendre, of course, but it's about you know poetry. That it's but it's also me just going up there and kind of making uh, boosting the morale, bringing the energy up, and keeping people feeling good. That's usually my intention. So I'll add some banter in there and add some. To be playful, and you know, I feel really comfortable on stage. So, yeah, I've spent I've spent most of my life on stage, so I feel very comfortable up there, and I know that people will really appreciate it. It's the rare person in modern society that can make money off of poetry, and you appear to be able to do that. How is it that you come up with this stuff? I mean, do you sit down and say we're writing a poem? We're writing a poem today. Do you do this every day, Uh, twice a day? You're asking what the creative process is. Yeah. Sure, I can give you my creative process. I, the discipline I gave myself when I committed to this was just one month. So I okay. make sure that I set aside because I, I, if I said if I told myself I'm going to do this every single day, I would fail and I would probably yeah. not do it. So I set myself a really loose goal once I really decided to step into it, and that was about three years ago, that I would do it once a month at the very least. And that approach has really worked out for me. So I can, you know, go about my hustle bustle life and do whatever, and then I'll make sure to make some time at some point every month to write something. And, you know, in real time, it doesn't feel like very much, but after a year you have 12 pieces and it's, uh, yeah, that, that format works really well for me. And as far as inspiration goes, I don't know. I just, whatever I think of, like I'll, right. I'll start writing something sometimes and then it'll completely take a left turn and become something totally different than what I set out to do. And that's kind of why I love it. It's just whatever seemingly wants to come out in that moment. And I'll, write it down and then i'll fall in love with what i'm writing and just have a lot of fun with it and it's usually so much different than whatever i set out to make and that's exciting we got a little bit more here we'll play the remainder we got through about half of it uh, earlier from race war the truth about racism this is uh, one of the newer videos on the benny wills youtube channel let's just finish this out here here we go Maximize the profit, minimize opportunity, advertise the hell out of it, polarize common unity. Racism is real without a doubt, not pretending like it ain't. It's a scary thing that's taught to us and teaches us to hate. The media embraces it, regurgitates and celebrates it, and politicians use it, accuse it, and abuse it. Over and over and time again, same shit on a different day battered, broken, and paranoid while our freedoms slip away. But hey, I'll love you no matter what, regardless of your race. I'll double down, I'll say it again and reiterate just in case. I love you. I love you. I love you. 
doesn't matter the color of your skin. I love you, I love you, I love you. What matters is what is within. Don't hate. Be great. And invert the golden rule. Don't do to others black, white, brown, green, purple, or polka dot as you would prefer them not do to you. All right. So that was, uh, again, Race War. Uh, not the funniest of the videos on the, uh, the Benny Wills repertoire, but definitely poignant and uh, uplifting. Thank you for that, Benny. Yeah, and I, and I think it's always important, I mean, for me at this stage anyway, that people know, because I, I have an aversion to people calling themselves poets. And I have a real issue, actually, with a lot of uh, poetry that exists now that the modern idea of poetry, I think has absolutely been bastardized and it's more stream of consciousness. Uh, a lot of times victim promoting, you know, sort of verbal or a meant uh, thought diarrhea. Hmm. And I want, I'm trying to like go back to a real structured approach to poetry and well thought out. So it's not just someone who can, you know, I go to open mic nights sometimes and people will just scribble thoughts on their iPhones, go up in front of a microphone and, and read it off. People will clap for it. And I think that is not that is an abuse of the uh, of the platform, you know, and I think that we have to get back to real honoring what poetry is. And so when I say I'm a poet, I'm a little shy about it because I don't want people to think I'm just some guy going up on stage and giving you some, you know, coffee house poetry like I'm I'm doing this with real intention and it has it rarely has anything to do with me you know and uh yeah people someone 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 at anarchapulco once described it as dr seuss meets george carlin and <laughs> i thought that was first of all that was an honor to be sure you know uh spoken of like that but i think that's a real accurate description it is it's like hard-hitting comedy but also with a real melodic and and uh lyrical undertone and or overtone actually and it's it's uh it's really fun for me to do, and people really seem to like it. So don't get turned off just because it's poetry, because people do have an aversion to that word, and uh, I want to invite people in and say that it's not what you think. It probably shows my ignorance of modern poetry and these coffee house nights that you're talking about, because this is what I imagine poetry at coffee house night being when it's done well, right? Like it has that sort of feel um, to it uh, that that you know, that I've heard of on TV. I've never ever been to. I'm with Mark on that. It, what's that? I'm with you on that. Yeah, the um, feeling and the sound of it. I think you go to these and find out what they're actually like, which is probably pretty awful. And whereas <laughs> I've never been to one, and I hope they're all as good as what I've heard. Yeah, like his delivery's fantastic. The writing is excellent, and uh, you've clearly put a lot of time into this. Benny, uh, anything else that you know you want to say here? Because you've been on with us an hour, and I really appreciate it. Well, I really appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, if anybody, yeah, if you're if you're if you're listening and you want to check me out, please go to bennywills.com, youtube.com slash bennywills. I do need subscribers. I mean, it is hard to build a following, uh, especially now on YouTube. So if you if you want to check me out, there's the place to do it. Or go to, and, oh, I say, and go to youtube.com slash joycamp for my other channel. It's been around for about six years and check out what we've been doing all this time because it's good stuff and i think it's pretty uh, timely and timeless i'm a i'm a subscriber really appreciate your time benny wills thanks for coming on free talk live again thanks guys appreciate, appreciate it. it have a great night we got more on the way here open phones as always coming up 855 450 free like free. this is free talk live you can bring up what you want all you have to do is dial toll free 
Our number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We have the Discord call-in line rooms. They're over at discord.lrn.fm. And uh, that's where you can join us if you want to sound almost like you're sitting in the studio. With you tonight, it's Ian. Richard Rich. And Mark. At the very beginning of the show, we did, because uh, our, our guest was a little late due to some technical difficulties, we uh, we started out by talking about this American headdress ban at a, a music festival, purportedly because, well, they didn't want to offend somebody, and everybody's, so many people are concerned about uh, this cultural appropriation nonsense, which basically ruins all children's fun of like dressing up for halloween because now you can't dress up as anybody else who's not your uh your demographic or skin color or religion or whatever it is that you know where you were born there's all kinds of people being offended by ridiculous stuff we can talk more about that uh plus also on the way here tonight richie rich you're going to tell us about the police photoshopping mug shots it's insane we'll get to that and we'll find out why or what's going on uh but first we go to your phone calls and thoughts travis is in michigan he's been waiting patiently uh travis go ahead you're on free talk live hi ian hi mark hi rich so i was accused of rape and i need some advice on what to do i believe her all right (laughs) you do no no joke it was a joke go ahead believe all women hashtag go ahead yeah there you go thank you mark well, on one hand, um, it's a freedom of speech and freedom of expression issue, and on the other hand, a defamation of character. Okay. And, well, uh, yeah, I agree with that. Let's so, hear more. I I, mean, give us the circumstances. You know, what was the allegations? What was what was happening here? Well, we had a wonderful relationship of four years. I mean, I I had a social anxiety disorder because my stepdad had a stroke, and he couldn't move the left side of his body. He took care of me my whole life, and. Um, so when I when I originally moved to New Hampshire in 2013, I was quite depressed and not really willing to do much activism. So ever since 2010, I wanted to move to the Free State Project, and I've been an objectivist and a follower of Ayn Rand um, for about nine years. And I know a lot of people disagree with that, but that's a different discussion. And it was my um, idea to move to the Free State Project, and then we moved there, and then – in 2015, we, we broke up at the end of 2013, and then um, – in 2015, um, November or December, I made a Facebook and I made a YouTube channel. And then out of nowhere, she, I got a message from my friend, one of my best friends from my high school, and said, you raped so-and-so. I won't say her name. But um, a lot of friends messaged me that and a lot of random people because um, in 2015, after I made my YouTube channel, she told thousands of her uh, friends my name. And ever since then, I've got uh, harassing messages I've gotten. Um, she accused you of this random... after the relationship had ended. Yes, several years after. Okay. So but was she is... saying it happened during your relationship? Yeah, she said it happened during our relationship. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we broke up in the end of 2013, and then um, we never got. Ba- I mean, I wouldn't get back together with her, but we broke up in 2013, and then she accused me of that in 2015, just after I made a YouTube channel, and she said. I raped her. She said I beat her up. She said I stole her money, all false. And she said that um, she said I thought I was Hitler, which is completely false. The Holocaust was undoubtedly horrible. And um, and you think she, she did this to uh, decrease your popularity on your new YouTube channel? It was a vindictive yeah, well, act on what, her part. Well, uh, what what ended up happening was. Um, 
I totally deleted the YouTube channel because I was getting so many threatening messages. Hmm. And um, then I believe she went on some radio show and talked about me, but she didn't use my name. And I just want to know why. I mean, I'm thinking about taking her to court and suing her for as much money as I possibly can. And it's, it, she should probably check her messages and talk to me because um, hmm. well, okay, I wouldn't so, be messaging her. For yeah, yeah, I would say this uh, to that. Uh, look, I, it's, it's definitely harmful when somebody says something and there's no real proof. Uh, when it's when it's her word versus his word, nobody on the outside really knows what the the truth is because it happened years ago and it was behind closed doors or or whatever. Uh, yeah. There's no doubt that uh, that false accusations uh, and uh, there's no doubt that false accusations uh, can can do damage to somebody's reputation. Now, whether or not you would end up having a uh, a case to bring against somebody would be questionable now look i'm not an attorney and i'm sure there's some attorney that would tell you yeah buddy i'll help you just give me seven thousand dollars or or whatever and that's the down payment and then you end up paying more and then maybe it won't work out uh when all is said and done but ultimately you know you were to some extent if you had a youtube channel it could be argued from the other side uh that you were a public person yeah there's there's no look i can't just go ahead and uh, accuse dan rather of rape okay mm-hmm. um whether he's a yeah. public figure or not that's uh that's a specious argument uh, to my mind however what i would say is, is it is like I would try to leave this, let this dog lie personally, yeah, rather than stirring it up uh, um, once again. I, I I would agree with you that this is that speech is an action, and actions that are harmful, uh, you know, people should be held to account for. But that they're stuff. generally not held to account when the person involved is a public persona. The public person has a much higher bar to prove uh, that they're you know that damage was was done to them. If you're a politician or a video well, star or whatever, in the same way she can't go to the cops and say you raped her because there's no evidence. She can go, well, whether or not could. that will end well, up. It won't do anything. The same the same problem you're going to have is is that you're going to have to prove that something that didn't happen didn't happen, and that's also going to be difficult. And and you'll have to prove well, somehow damaged you and that your your status as a public person at the time that seems pretty easy to prove. I don't I don't know if he covered well, it. As well, he far shut as his own the- channel down. I don't know if he covered it as a public person, but I, uh, Walter Block, I believe, yeah. recently addressed. Yeah, that's this what issue. I was going. That's what I was going to say. Go I ahead, only man. made like five videos. Okay. Like uh, yeah. I didn't friend request her. I didn't talk to her at all. The way I figured out about the accusation was from a friend of mine mm-hmm. who, um, a few uh, weeks ago, actually called me a rapist. So what so did Walter Block have to do with this? I'm sorry. Oh, he recently covered an article. Uh, someone addressed the question of slander and libel in like a libertarian society. They said it basically doesn't exist because you can't prevent people from speaking. You can just yeah. counter their speech with, with facts your of speech. Your own. Right. That's always what I've what I've done and when then, it comes to people saying nasty things. I disagree with that notion. I think that um, you know that speaking is an action. Look, there's muscles involved. Watch uh-huh. my jaw move. So you're saying people shouldn't be able to say what they want. Well, yeah, you should absolutely be able to say what you want. You should be able to swing your arm around. With freedom, mm-hmm. when it connects with my nose, on the other hand, there are consequences. Right, but your action. feelings getting hurt isn't the same thing. It's as not connecting about feelings getting hurt. This guy shut down his YouTube channel at a time when YouTube channels actually were generating money. Mm-hmm. So you know, the, there's there's consequences here. Yeah, but the financial loss. Look, people can say yeah, whatever they I, want about you. Whether I disagree it's true or with not. this notion. Lying 
about somebody claiming that they're a rapist is a damaging thing. And if you're lying and it can be proved you're lying, then yeah, you should have you're to pay. You're spinning your wheels. What are you going to do about it? Well, oh, that's a different story. You're, you're talking about the practicality of it. Yeah, I'm talking about I'm not about... talking about practicality. I'm talking about morality. I think that he has a moral standing um, to that's say not it, gonna but do he any likely good does not have a practical standing okay. to do anything. Hey, Travis, good luck. I would agree with Mark. Let this thing sit. It's over. There's no reason to uh, to stir this up once again. It's just going to make it's matters sad, and I'm worse. sorry it happened to you. Thank you for the call tonight, uh, unless, of course, it was true. Uh, the toll-free number here is oh. 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. You can bring up whatever you want. If you want to talk about libel and uh, slander, you're certainly welcome to join us here. Neither of us, none of us are attorneys, so you can share your thoughts. You're not a wild animal, and you shouldn't be tagged and tracked like one. Where you go and what you do every minute of the day, tracked and recorded by your mobile phone, is often more revealing than your browser history. And tech companies make a fortune selling your location history without your consent. Godard bags prevent location tracking and protect your privacy by instantly blocking all cell phone, GPS, and Wi-Fi signals to your mobile device. Plus, they're durable, water-resistant, and built for a lifetime of protection. Visit godardbags.com forward slash FTL. That's godardbags.com forward slash FTL. It's Free Talk Live. Live Sunday edition of the show. We invite you to join us here. Our toll-free number for you is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. More and more people are being concerned with the online tracking of our movements and personal data via our mobile phones. Gone are the days when only the bad guys were tracked. Now everyone's being tracked every minute by their mobile phones and tablets. And don't think that putting your phone in airplane mode is going to stop it. In airplane mode, your location history is still recorded by your phone and transmitted later when you reconnect. Ian, you checked on this. You were a little skeptical. Yeah. And this is so. It's true. Yeah. If you want to know how to stop tracking uh, on your phone and prevent your phone from being hacked, you can visit godarkbags.com slash FTL. godarkbags.com slash FTL. And are you tired of being treated like a wild animal, tagged and tracked for scientific studies so tech companies can make a fortune selling your location history? If you value your privacy and want to be absolutely certain your mobile phone cannot be hacked or its location tracked, you should get one of the Faraday bags by Go Dark Bags at GoDarkBags.com slash FTL. Got mine in my car for if I ever decide I just, you know, don't want don't want my location tracked at that moment. GoDarkBags.com slash FTL. All right, so we're going to continue with more of your calls and thoughts. You can bring up anything that you want. Let's go to Mike. He's in Ohio, listening online at LRN.FM. Hello, Mike. Hi, guys. Hey. Uh, man, I really enjoyed the show. You guys are got some great content. Thanks. A while back, many, many shows ago, uh, you guys were discussing AR-15s and AR-15s in 9mm opposed to 5.56. And the penetration and the safety on which one maybe to use in the home so you don't penetrate through your home. And hmm. I think you guys had it backwards. Okay. Um, I've been a federal firearms license dealer for 28 years. So 
I think I can speak with some sort of expertise oh, on I, this. Oh, I will secede the stand Great. immediately. I don't even remember the conversation. <laughs> comes, but... I think I did this one. Um, I will, I'll, I'll give up the podium every time when it comes to these things. I have, as a talk show host, I am that jack of all trades and master of none. So I know a little bit about lots of things, but not a lot about any one thing. So please, go ahead. Well, um, it, 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 I'm not saying it's anybody's fault. I just wanted to kind of clear up a few things. Please do. Um, yeah. with, if you were using a 9mm in your home, out of a handgun, obviously, the velocities are lower. In a rifle, they're substantially higher. And 9mm bullets are anywhere between 115 grain to 147. And if you do fire one in your home, it will definitely go through two sides of drywall and quite easily go through another room. Um, mm. With the 223 or the 556, it's traveling at an extreme velocity. You're looking at around 3,000 feet per second, and the bullet is so light. It's only a 55 grain bullet in most cases. And soon as that hits, hits anything, it quickly loses velocity, fragmentates, and in, it, it just slows down and stops. So it was backwards, and I'm not saying, like I said, anybody was wrong. I was just thinking, man, this would be something to bring up so that people that are listening might not make that mistake because, you know, obviously you don't want that going through your walls and stuff like that, um, but it would be backwards. I would suggest that if somebody decided that they wanted to use that rifle, in a home defense situation, that the 5.56 is really, really good for that. Okay. It will instantly slow down. Another topic was, and I've heard a lot of people say it, maybe not you guys, but people are on the, or on the news and, you know, bulletproof vest. Bullet, there's no such thing as a bulletproof vest. Sure. There's bullet-resistant vest. And unfortunately, which I wish all cops had, better vests, but I deal with a lot of police and the vests that they wear. Vests. I'm sorry. Said I wish citizens had better vests. Well, actually citizens can get very, very high tech, extremely well made vests. Dragon skin is one of them. Yeah. And hmm. if you've got the money, if you want to spend thousands of dollars, you can get very good equipment. Um but unfortunately, most of the first responders and the police are out there. They're wearing vests that will stop handgun cartridges. Any rifle blows a hole right through. Right. And, and it's, it's, well, I've just, I've heard people say bulletproof vest and it just kind of, I guess it's a thing that a gun person is like, oh God, I wish you quit saying so, that. Um, and then. Can I interject word, real quick? Cause I have, I have a quick question. Um, you said that, yes, sir. you said that in home defense, uh, the the rifle cartridge is better because it it dissipates and breaks upon impact. But you're saying that in a bu- in a bullet resistant vest um, that is that is it is backwards. It is not true that the the rifle cartridge will pierce more readily than the handgun round. I'm just getting clarification. It will pier it it it, it will pierce one side of the vest. Then what it does is instantly fragmentates inside the body. Oof creating a horrible wound channel and a temporary cavity. And it, and it, it, I mean, 
that's what they designed. I mean, they, they, they adopted the five, five, six because it's really, really good at killing people. Mm-hmm. So they designed it for that and they made it for that. Yes. It will penetrate one side of a vest, more or less the soft body armor that the police officers do wear. Unfortunately, that that's a, that's a okay. fact, but you know, when it hits drywall, instantly it starts to slow down, fragmentate, and it's less likely to do any kind of overpenetration through another room into a child's room or out the side of your home into somebody's, you know, into someone else's home. Now, granted, there are many, many, many cartridges and calibers that the AR-15 can be set up to shoot. I'm talking just specifically the 5.56, the original cartridge that it was designed for that 90% of the people out there that decide to purchase a semi-automatic sporting rifle like one of those. What about the sound? Uh, um, I mean, you know, you fire any kind of gun inside your house, hell. everybody's deaf. Yeah. Like, this is the one thing the TV just doesn't let you know. Bang! And then, you oh. know, like, ah, wee, that's all you hear. <laughs> You're absolutely right. 100% right. Shooting a 9mm in a home, in a room, it's going to ring your ears. You shoot a rifle inside of a room, your your, your ears are going to be ringing worse than a concert. You, you're going to get uh, hearing damage from that, but I guess it's better than getting killed or your, one of your family members getting hurt. But you're absolutely right. It is, it is a devastating, loud uh, uh, concussion. They do make items that go on the end of AR-15s that direct the noise forward instead of to the right, the left. So if, if, if you were, I do a lot of competition shooting and there's guys next to me and we transition to different targets and I use one of these, it, 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 it looks like a suppressor, but it's only about four inches long. It doesn't suppress the noise. It just directs the noise forward uh. away from people to your right and your left. So Yes, you're absolutely right. It would be extremely loud inside of a yeah, room. Yeah, but even with and even God with forbid, a device like that inside a room, it's still going to be loud as hell. I mean, it's, it's still going to echo. Absolutely. Off the walls. Yeah, yeah, sure is. Uh, anything else you want to add, real fast? Very informative, Mike. Um, no, I just uh, and and I guess did I mention there's no such thing as a silencer? Right, a suppressor. There are yeah, suppressors. suppressors. There are suppressors, yeah. and those are, you know, good ones are $1,000, and you have to wait eight months to get it. You have to go through Special a permits, lot. Fees. This isn't something yeah. you just go buy. Right. And and it, it ideally, if you had one of those on a rifle inside of a home or and you did shoot it, you would not have any hearing loss. It drops the decibels down to the point where it's hearing safe. But people just don't understand. Mike, it's been a great call. I want to say thank you for it. Uh, There's more on the way. Thanks for your call. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can dial toll-free and bring up whatever you want. Our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We have the Discord call-in line rooms. They're over at discord.lrn.fm. You jump into one of those, you'll sound almost like you're sitting here in the studio with us. And with you tonight, it's Ian. Richard Rich. And Mark. So we're going to get back into your calls and thoughts, whether you want to talk about uh, ridiculous 
bands on Indian headdresses at music festivals, which is what we started the show with. Uh, coming up, we'll talk about the police photoshopping mugshots. And uh, Richie says it's an outrageous story. We'll find out about that. And, of course, take your calls. Let's go to the phones. To the fun. It's Dana. She's on the line listening to WTKG in Grand Rapids. Go ahead, Dana. Hi, guys. Hey, hey I'd like to comment on not the last caller, the one before that called in and said a girlfriend that he dumped uh, accused him of rape and he yes. had to shut down his YouTube channel. I have two comments. One is directed towards him. Do not engage with that woman mm-hmm. or any of her friends or family unless it's done through an attorney. Um, the second one is to all women who have ever done this or are even thinking of doing this as a means of revenge. Um, here it is. You probably have brothers, and you may have a husband or a son someday, and karma is a bitch. There are only ten commandments, and out of all the things that God could tell us not to do, is thy shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. So that's got to be pretty darn serious to not be lying on people. And for women to do this, to destroy another human, another human being's life, I'm telling you, as a Christian, it's not good to wish evil on someone. But, but what if she was actually you, raped? That's different and you know that's different we don't even have to address but that. how do we know the but difference she, as somebody who's on the outside who wasn't in the bedroom at the time uh you know when somebody who let's say is a friend comes to you and says so and so raped me then i would take her by her hand and tell her i will support her every single way if that means using my vacation to take time off to go to lawyer appointments and court dates, I will do everything because you can still go and press charges. I don't believe there's statute of limitation on rape. There may be in some states. I, like you guys, am not an attorney, but I'm telling you. But if it's five years later, if it's if it's years after the fact, there's no evidence left, right? So, like, would those charges no, actually... No, there's not evidence. There's not evidence, but I mean, you know... If, if I'll tell you something, and I know why women don't, because they, um, they, they're torn up on the stand. But I'm telling you, women, if you're raped, I haven't been. So I'm not speaking from experience, but please go immediately to a hospital. Let them yeah. collect yeah. Sure. evidence. That's the best please. thing to do. Yeah. So are, are you less I, likely to believe her story because she didn't do that ahead of time? And that it's just my wife? Are you less likely to yes. believe the female in this case yes. because she didn't file charges yes. and didn't get Yes, okay. and I know that's not right because some women are terrified. They're afraid. They, they want to believe it doesn't happen. You know, they suppress it. And it's a whole mental thing. I get the whys. I understand the whole psychology of it. But please, for the sake of other other women, and just and and just please, if it happens, go go forward, proceed forward. But if it didn't, I'm telling you, there's a special place in hell because there are yeah. men on college campuses 
that have had their entire lives ruined. Right, and this is one of those things, there's a saying on the internet that uh, video or it didn't happen, Hmm. right? And what they're saying is is that they want to see evidence of whatever the claim is. And it's really that way when you're, you know, rape is one of those crimes where the evidence goes away relatively quickly. Um, And if you don't go through the steps and... You know, call the cops, go to the hospital, do whatever it is that one needs to do in that circumstance, then from a legal standpoint, it didn't happen. And that makes it uh, really difficult when you start having these conversations. Yeah, if if it happened and you tell your friends that it happened, then sure, it happened. But uh, if the the guy denies it, then what's it look like? It's just a he said, she said situation. And I personally, when it, when these things uh, come down, I, I never know what to do. Look, I, I, I don't know. I'm not here uh, standing as the arbiter. Nobody's uh, nobody's hired me to be a judge. So it's it's a very difficult situation. I think you're exactly right on this one. My biggest concern, it, my biggest concern with the college ones is the fact that the, the sexual encounter may have taken place and then she regrets it after the fact and then claims rape after the fact, even though there was time at consent, there was consent at the time of the act. Yeah, that, that that's something that's happened to people on college campuses. I would say that just as likely, if not far more likely, is, is that, um, you know, something akin to rape occurred and there's no evidence and now we're just all talking about something that happened we can take a look at the most recent uh, supreme court nomination uh to to see you know just how these things go i i mean in some cases women have something feel they have something to gain um you know the the victims i should say have something feel like they have something to gain and uh, you know, maybe the the facts aren't exactly as they recall them. It's just it's a tough situation. All we you know, we have thousands of years of jurisprudence piled up. And one of the things about this is, is that you need evidence. You need to, you know, come in a timely fashion and talk about this stuff. And if not, then what are we all supposed to do? Well, even in the case of the caller, he said it was a, a female that he was in a long term relationship with. Yeah. So. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't... A Which makes it even more situation. complicated. Was, yeah, right. even more complicated. Dana, any other thoughts? Go ahead. Yeah, just one last thing. Um, and this, again, I just have to restate, because there's going to be some crazy woman that's going to call and think that I'm anti-female. But I'm telling you, um, I don't know anyone that was falsely accused of rape, thank goodness, but I can't imagine what that does. And I just want to say something as a woman to you three guys and to just guys, anyone listening, I would hate to be a man, um, whether it's on a college campus, especially on a college campus, but hate to be a man in this day and time because um, you, you guys just you better watch your back. You Thank you, Dana, for your call. Appreciate the concern and the thoughts. Let's talk. The to good d- news is uh, find a good woman and uh, don't mess around with her, and then you're fine. David, <laughs> in fine. Mexico, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, David. Si, Mexico. Hola. <laughs> oh, wait, ahead. New Mexico. Yeah, Mexico, New Mexico, not Nuevo Mexico. So what were you calling about? Uh, what it says on your on your board there, same thing as you've been talking Our about. Our listeners cannot uh, read the board, so what were you calling about? Go ahead. Uh, false allegations of uh, rape and that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. This one's actually funny. This is actually entertaining, even though it's right. true and sickening. And uh, so, 
the uh, well, my I'm I'm David Olson in New Mexico, and my public records are searchable in case anybody wants to know who I'm talking about. And um, in a in a one of the more recent courtroom proceedings, meaning this is on the record, either in writing and or uh, recorded audio in the courtroom. Um, the, the I've been fighting for my kids for 12 years now. They disappeared 12 years ago. I haven't seen them. And this and and the state is not involved. This the the my ex went in and filed a domestic relations case, you know, divorce case with children, and that went on for two or three years. And then that case was transferred to a children's court after she married a new dude, and they wanted to attempt to uh, terminate my parental rights and adopt my kids to that dude. And that started in 2009 and is still going on. So that's a decade. Hmm. About about seven years into that case, six, seven years into that second case, meaning uh, six, seven years plus two years, um, all of a sudden she she makes the statement on the record that, um, oh, and and let me me say this first of all so I make sure to get it out. It turns out that written into the, the law that enables, that helps to enable them to terminate the parental rights of a biological parent is if the sex that made the kids wasn't consensual. So uh, mm. you, using that part of the statute, presumably, uh, like I said, six, seven, eight years into this case, uh, the whole time she's trying to get rid of me and, uh, out of my children's lives, which she's done successfully, all of a sudden it's, it, it's brought forward that none of the sex that ever happened in that eight years or whatever it was, um, was consensual. Wow. Hey, did you like kidnap her and force her to marry you too? Thanks for the call tonight, David. Sorry to hear about that. Uh, that might be Utah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I can imagine being very frustrated. 855, 450 free, like freedom. Why are the police photoshopping people's mug shots? We're going to find that out coming up in hour three next. Do you have a crypto wealth advisor or coach? If so, has your cryptocurrency advisor been investing in technology stocks for over 20 years? Have they left the corporate world and retired? Or are they still trying to make a weekly paycheck? Have they produced six-figure results for their customers in the past 30 days? And very importantly, are they a member of the Digital Currency Council? Seth Maniscalco is the founder of Crypto Wealth Coach and CryptoWealthCoach.com. Seth invested in his first Roth IRA at 19 years old while living abroad and has been investing in Wall Street and technology for over 20 years with experience in all the money markets. By comparison, so many of these so-called crypto gurus have barely been alive for 20 years. Seth has not only experienced personal success from his own investments in crypto, he has also helped his clients earn six and seven figure incomes, including helping investors make over three quarters of a million dollars in EOS in 90 days and 1,225% in only five and a half months with Chainlink. Seth has helped for the small do-it-yourself guy on up to crypto whales. Increase your wealth. Visit CryptoWealthCoach.com. It is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program. You can dial toll-free to join us here if you want. Our number is 855-450-FREE, 855-450-3733. Coming up, apparently some people have been exploiting a loophole on Facebook to be able to sell their guns on the Facebook marketplace. Richie's got that story. But first, uh, he'll be telling us about the police photoshopping mug shots. It's Ian, Richie, and Mark in the studio here tonight. Uh, of course, we'll take your calls and thoughts about whatever happens to be on your mind. Phones are always open, as uh, always. The number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Richie, what's the story with this photoshopping 
So th- this comes from the New York Times, but I first found it in a in an Oregonian publication. Hmm. Um, but this is but it did happen in Oregon. So when the police arrested a suspect in a series of bank holdups in Portland, Oregon, they took his mugshot and prepared to show it to the witnesses in a photo array alongside images of five similar looking men. But there was a problem. The suspect had at least half a dozen facial tattoos. According to surveillance video and bank tellers, the robber had none. Oh, wow. This is nothing a little Photoshop could not fix. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, they can take, well, in pictures, it can take the tattoos off your face. Which is what they did. Yeah. The police used editing software to remove the tattoos from the <sighs> picture of the suspect, Tyrone Allen, and presented his revised face to four tellers, at least two of whom identified him as the bank robber. Oh, my God. Wow. Prosecutors in Portland said Mr. Allen may have applied makeup before the robberies and that investigators simply mimicked this possible disguise. Well, there you go. That's pretty shocking. Shady as well. Uh, Mr. Allen's lawyer is- You think that a a face tattoo is probably uh, all in the top five things that would be noticeable about a uh, A bank, a suspect. I suppose you could apply the face tattoo- later after the robbery but i don't know from the story that we have here i don't know how long after the robbery they're doing the lineup mm-hmm. a tattoo that was applied in the last two weeks is something that's really clear and fresh it looks fresh yeah it looks fresh yeah. and so in that circumstance i would not uh fault the police for uh you know f- photoshopping it but um i think it's cause for alarm when they're altering pictures for a lineup Yep. then you, we all need to start paying close attention. And, and the article has the pictures, and when I first looked at it, it did not look like a fresh tattoo. I mean, it did, this dude has a no, bunch of face tattoos. Fresh. Yeah, yeah. We, we've taken the suspect's face and deep-faked it on a reenactment of the crime here, ladies and gentlemen, so that you can uh, access your memory and see whether or not this was the suspect that did the crime. Yeah. Right, um, you know, which is, human memory sucks, Right, as a as sort of you know witness testimony. Witnesses the, are notoriously unreliable. Right, it, and when police can ex- use the the power of uh, their investigation to exploit these holes in memory, I mean, you're going to create a whole new memory. It's it's been shown over and over again um, that basically, if if moms tell kids, "Hey, remember that time we went to Disneyland?" They may not have never have gone to Disneyland, but if they say it enough times. The kid will create a memory of having gone to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. If you sort of, as I just said, these deep fakes, if you don't know what a deep fake is, it's uh, taking somebody's face in, in video and transposing it on a different body. And if you took a suspect's face, stuck it on a body in a re- reenactment, you're quite literally creating new memories for these people. Right. And, and all you have to do is get them to agree, oh, yeah, that's what happened. And yeah. then you have a conviction. The other thing that could easily be done then, you know, when, when a lot of banks and convenience stores they have the the height marker on mm-hmm. the way out so you can easily notice how tall someone is or roughly yeah, right. the robber running out you'll right. know uh in in that case like would they say that oh no be, we made him out to be taller because he could have been wearing uh elevator shoes could have been could have been yeah. right he was wearing makeup and elevator shoes to make him appear three feet taller and have no facial tattoos insane like i said insane. all right so how do they figure this out I, like where, how did this come to light does, they, does it get to that 
uh, probably, yeah, Mr. Allen's lawyer is asking the judge to throw the identification out, the Oregonian reported this month, publicizing a practice that has drawn outrage from activists who yeah. say the police unfairly changed Mr. Allen's appearance to match witness accounts. Yeah, this is outrageous. I so mean, this... they pegged him as the as the as the uh, perpetrator, and then were doing everything like you know they they picked him right. They said right. this is this the guy is our guy. Yep. Now we need to make sure people agree that this is our guy, so we can convict him and put him away and whatever. Uh, court records and interviews with police departments across the country show this was not an isolated episode of officers airbrushing aside oh, a discrepancy. Some of the nation's largest police departments regularly use Photoshop and other editing tools in cases where suspects have a distinguishing tattoo, scar, bruise, or other marks. So this is now common practice for them to do this. I mean, I don't know if this is considered... I mean, it's got to be considered evidence in a case, right? Like, normally... Look, I'm not an attorney, but normally when the police collect a piece of evidence, there's supposed to be a chain of custody, where, all right, Officer Edge, you've collected the murder weapon at the scene. You put it in a bag. Uh, you write Officer Edge and the date and, you know, the time or whatever is required yep. on there. That bag is then sealed. It is then handed to Officer Ritchie. Officer Ritchie will then take that to the evidence locker. He will sign in. He will, you know, so they will write which bag number and they'll sign off on that. And then it's in the evidence locker. We're going to keep it there until we need it for trial. There's this supposed to be this very, chain, chain of custody. You, know, you know, very clear... Uh, chain of custody and part of the, the idea of the chain of custody is that whatever the item is isn't supposed to be manipulated in that time yes. frame and they're saying that this is now their policy to manipulate a piece of evidence that they've collected now i guess you could argue it's not evidence because it's not actually part of the crime scene but it's evidence in the fact that it's introduced as it's, evidence it's presented in the court case he was picked out in the lineup as the as the as the perpetrator this guy with the, the no facial tattoos, but yeah. this guy has them. And they're going on the, you know, I'm sure the, you know, the, the, I don't know if you want to call it a fact, but it's common for people to think that folks of a different race than their own look the same. Sure. Okay. That's not racist. It's just the way people are. Sure. Uh, and so, oh, well, here's a black man. The person who robbed the bank was a black man. Uh, he looks big. He's, uh, you know, strong looking. Uh, that looks like the guy that robbed the bank. They don't really know. As Mark has pointed out, witnesses are incredibly unreliable. But in this case, they're, as you said, manufacturing the memory for these people. This wasn't even, they weren't presenting reality to these witnesses. And, and that's you, that's outrageous. When you do the lineup, you do want to have like similar looking people because it's, mm -hmm. it's everyone that fits the description of what the tellers and witnesses and, and video said. Right. And then the, then you get really specific. Okay, these guys fit the description. Which one was it? But he doesn't even fit the description. They, they manufactured the description from which he fit. Uh, criminal justice experts say that there can be good reasons for touching up photos. For instance, adding a suspect's birthmark to pictures of other people in the array, known as fillers, can make lineups fairer by ensuring that the perpetrator does not stand out. Well, wait a second. If you have the, a birthmark, you need to find people with birthmarks to. I, I don't. That's insane. You would. Th yeah, that's what I said. This is insane. What they're doing is insane for these lineups. Uh, modifying the features of the suspect, however, is less common and has concerned lawyers who say investigators are encouraging positive identification and changing the appearance of a person they are asking witnesses to identify. 
Uh, quote, law enforcement took these photos of a defendant who did not match the description of eyewitnesses and then altered the photo to more closely match the witness description, says Matt Dos Santos, the legal director of the American Civil Liberties Union of Oregon. If you can't do a good photo lineup, the answer is not to change the photos. The answer is a photo lineup just shouldn't be done. Right. That's mm. uh, well, I mean, you know, it's not like a photo lineup is something. Well, sorry, we don't have a case. There's no photo lineup. Um, you know, I mean, at any point that people can it, during a trial, can you point out the person who committed this crime? Yeah, he's usually sitting in the defendant's chair. Right. <laughs> right. And, as fair as that is. I don't know that that's entirely fair or anything, but, uh, you know, well, uh, you described a person who didn't have tattoos on their face. This defendant has tattoos on his face. Can you describe the sort of problem here, and you know, then let the then let the the the, the, the person giving testimony figure it out. Let's just stick with skin color and hair appearance. That'll that'll right. narrow it down. If you want to share your thoughts on this, police departments now just manufacturing fake stories or fake evidence here. For people to identify the wrong guy in a lineup, that's what's happened. Uh, And apparently it's not the only time. 855-450-FREE is our toll-free number. 855-450-3733. You can join us here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Live Sunday edition of the show. You can dial in toll-free here. I... I mean, I'm, there must be people who believe that it's okay to manipulate a photograph of a uh, of a suspect and then present the manipulated photograph to to witnesses in a robbery situation because that's what happened uh, in Oregon. Apparently, the New York Times reporting on the story. Uh, that's what Richie's got here to share with us. We'll continue with that discussion. Your calls and thoughts are, of course, welcome, and you can dial in toll free at eight fifty five four fifty free like freedom. If you are an individual who rejects the initiation of force and agrees to abide by the ethics of the non-aggression principle, then you ought to head over to liberty.menu where you can list the thing that you do or things that you do uh, for other liberty-minded folks to find out about. Maybe uh, you've got a business. Maybe you're a digital content creator. Or perhaps you've got an event that you want to promote to other libertarians. Liberty.menu is a great tool for you, and it's free. So there's no reason not to get over there and be listed. Unless, of course, you want to stay in the closet about being a freedom lover. Uh, Your listing, of course, can be rated and reviewed. And there's even a bit of a social networking aspect to the site as well. Just head over to liberty.menu. You can use code FTL. You'll get a free uh, Free Talk Live listener badge on your profile. It's liberty.menu. So you're sharing with us a story from the New York Times, uh, Richie, about a man who was accused of a robbery. Was it a bank that uh, that he robbed? Yes, yeah, yeah. it was a bank. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So bank uh, alleged bank robber has tattoos all, all he's over doing his... is forced redistribution of wealth. I don't see the problem. <laughs> he's got tattoos all, all over his face, and uh, the witnesses, however, were presented a photograph of the man. Uh, or someone who looked like the man, because it wasn't actually him, because they'd removed the tattoos from his face. Right. All the uh, the witness testimony and the surveillance video showed a, a suspect with no tattoos. It fooled a couple of the witnesses into uh, d- identifying him. That is also true. And so that was enough to move ahead and bring charges, right? Uh, I yes. Yeah. I, it, the The article doesn't get into the charges against him. They they cover more the idea of this. Photoshopping right. of videos or of, of photos, but I well, think the videos are coming next. Yes, it's probably worth pointing out that the vast majority, vast majority, like far fewer than one percent of cases that are brought end up in a jury trial. This is true because people take a plea deal. 
Oh, and because uh, sometimes uh, charges are just dropped. Um, that's another reason. But far fewer than 1% of charges brought end up in a trial. So right. if you're saying, well, this is all be just sorted out in a trial, probably not. Because it's going to take this guy a couple of years to get his trial. And he doesn't want to sit in jail that long. He's liable to take a plea just to get a Jail's worse than prison in many cases. Mm-hmm. Liable to take the plea just to get out of there. Um, all kinds of reasons that people take pleas. So, no, he is very unlikely to get into a situation where he can say, yeah, but they, you know, uh, to, to really have the opportunity to stand in front of a jury and say, but they manipulated this particular piece of evidence. How could this possibly be true? So don't don't assume that somehow the criminal justice system in the United States is going to work this out. Right. What it's worked out is how to throw more people in prison than any other society on the planet. That's what it's worked out. At a fairly efficient rate, too. Is it like 95% of conviction the conviction rate, conviction? you mean? The yeah. conviction rate um, on a felony, at a felony at trial is, that's a trial, is okay. about 60, two-thirds of the time. Now, you'd okay. think if somebody took something all the way to trial, like this guy, right? Would likely. That they're likely, I, just my guess, they likely believe that they're innocent. Okay. But the ninety-five percent, the the ninety percent, it might not be ninety-five. Ninety-five, or ninety-seven, or something goes to plea deal. Goes to plea deal, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, some it's some huge. amount of them get dropped. Yeah, I mean, but I, I'll tell you what, uh, you can go down and and not even look at felonies and misdemeanors, but just little stuff, uh, violations or low-level misdemeanors. Just sit in any court hearing on a Monday or Tuesday morning or whenever it is that your local district court does arraignments, and just watch the plea deals. They just roll right they through. Just go through. Yeah. Almost nobody says not guilty. Yep. Almost no one. I would, if it weren't for my persistence to take something to trial, I would likely have a felony weapons charge on the books. Wow. Because I got picked up and I had brass knuckles in my possession and they found it. In New Hampshire? No, in Hawaii. Uh, they found it, you know, charged me with felony possession, <sighs> uh, wow. but it got thrown out uh, as an illegal unconstitutional search during pretrials. Oh, wow. Good so, for you. Right. But it's partially because I fought it. Where was the search? I mean, did they search your person or your, your car or what, what did they it was, search? It was in a satchel. I had it in a pocket in a satchel. On you? On me. And you were in your car or walking around the streets? I was in my car. I'd say I have a couple of things to say about uh, that. First, I think brass knuckles are probably illegal in most places. They are, as I understand it, yeah. But as many of them have uh, you know, this uh, uh, exemption for if you're hunting. So <laughs> I wasn't hunting. I just carried. Don't tell them nothing. that you big fat liar. You were hunting. Okay. Um, Shh, don't tell them. And the other thing is, is if you want brass knuckles, probably the thing to look up a tota sack. Right. <laughs> I was about to bring that up. Okay. T O T E. No, no. T O T A S A K. Okay. Yeah. Tote a sack. Um, look it up. It is basically a hard plastic plastic bag holder so you can <laughs> slide the handles of Sorry, uh, Ian pulled, pulled it up and now I'm looking at it. Grocery bags in it. And it is completely legal and will do all the work that a uh, pair of brass knuckles will do. You say it's plastic. It's made of like heavy duty automotive like intense hard plastic that yeah. is not going to bend it's it doesn't it, the, it has a slight the, flex to it but the not purpose much. of the device is to hold up as many grocery bags as you possibly can with one hand that way the bags aren't constantly cutting into your your palm or your fingers right. or whatever some people and use them to carry well. two full five gallon buckets okay. so like um you know in a farm operation or something i still use mine they two. were an advertiser of ours a long time yeah. ago and yeah. I've, I've still got mine right by the window here Skip every time lamps. i come back from groceries it's 
I'm, I'm going to say man up and just line that stuff along your forearm, man. Because like, <laughs> that's bites, what I do. It, it bites into your forearm. With, it with, does. Yes, with man. the Toto Sack, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're able to carry I can pull in more. an entire, like, build 12 bags, no problem. Like, the only problem is actually fitting through the door at that yes. point. Like, you have to turn <laughs> to true. the side and walk in. But um, if, you know, if for whatever reason you want a pair of brass knuckles, they're likely illegal where you are, right. but a tota sack isn't, nope. and it would do the job, plus it has uh, the added you, feature of you can carry garbage, you can carry yep. a bunch of grocery bags with it. Yeah, you connect with somebody with that thing in your fist, it's going to hurt. Yeah. I still like my brass knuckles. All right. I don't have them anymore. I don't, no, I don't know if they're legal in New Hampshire. I don't think they are. They are not Ill- illegal in New Hampshire. Yeah. Um, they are not illegal or not legal? They are illegal in New Hampshire. They are, they are not legal in New Hampshire unless, unless you're, you're hunting. hunting. Right. If you're hunting and you Can tend I be to hunting wabbits? punch a deer in the mouth, I guess. I don't know what you could possibly do with these things. I'm not an attorney. I, it's all right, um, officer. I'm hunting police. <laughs> right? well, well, that's a fairly bad idea. I made one attempt to get it out of evidence after the charges were dropped and it was denied. And that's So huh. they still have them. Boo. I know. The All right. state of Hawaii. What else from the story that right. uh, do you want to share? The, it, it gets even more interesting. Uh, Margaret Bull Covera, a professor at John Jay College of Criminal Justice who studies witness identification and evidence, said though it could be nearly impossible to find five filler photos that look similar to a suspect with an obvious scar or face tattoo, changing a suspect's mugshot was unacceptable. And she said she worried that police could alter photos in other ways, like making a suspect look thinner Mm. if they believed that the person had gained weight after committing a crime. Uh, That is not okay, said Professor Colvera. You can't alter the face of a suspect. Uh, Well, they can. Well, they did. And apparently they are. And that's uh, not okay. And I I don't know if there's... How do you deal with this? Do you sue uh, one department, then hope that the other departments catch wind that you know they could get sued for this i mean this is a hard thing to enforce on these cops yeah and it goes on some departments do it some departments don't and how would you know you'd have to start comparing photos i'm crazy about my magic mud this is the most important oral care product created this millennium and i'm not kidding we all have different opinions on politics and issues but we all have mouths and i want yours to be as clean as possible with teeth as bright as they were meant to be i will never be without my magic mud It's a little surprising, but man, does it work. If you only listen to one thing I say ever, go to MyMagicMud.com and get 20% off with code FTL. MyMagicMud.com, code FTL. This is Free Talk Live. Dial toll-free to join us here. Our live Sunday edition continues. We'll take your calls about anything you want to discuss. If you want to join us, our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. And we've got the Discord call-in line rooms. They're open and available to you at discord.lrn.fm. With you tonight, it's Ian. Richie Rich. And Mark. I want to say thanks to Sid, who is a Free Talk Live silver amplifier. That means Sid is contributing five bucks a month to the AMP program over at amp.freetalklive.com. You go there, it stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote, and that is a way for you to help us get Free Talk Live on more radio stations, into more ears on the internet, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom and liberty and peace and cryptocurrency and the stuff we talk about seven nights a week here on Free Talk Live. Sid is backing us up for five bucks a month. That's all that we ask for. You can do PayPal, you can do credit card, you can do Bitcoin BTC, Whichever one of those ways you want to sign up. And you'll get some cool perks and bonuses like uh, the the special chat rooms that we have on our Discord server. There's the AMP-only Facebook group. I actually had somebody ask me on the Discord server this weekend, 
if they are a Twitch subscriber, could they have access to the AMP only Facebook group? And I said, I'm sorry, but no, um, I, we can't do that. And there's a few different reasons for it. Uh, one, Twitch, which is our one of our video streaming platforms, and we have some folks who subscribe there. We don't talk a lot about that, uh, but you can subscribe to us uh, to the LRN.FM channel on Twitch at twitch.freetalklive.com. Right now, it costs like five bucks a month there, but they only send about half of that to LRN. And Twitch keeps the other half. So, number one, the difference in revenue is significant because, like, out of a $5 contribution from, say, PayPal or a credit card, we're going to see about $4.50 of it. With the Twitch thing, $2.50. So, it's a fairly large difference. Plus, when you subscribe on Twitch, you're technically subscribing to the LRN.FM channel. You're supporting LRN, which is the Liberty Radio Network, whereas the AMP program is specifically to advertise, market, and support Free Talk Live. And uh, so, you know, it doesn't really seem like it would be fair to allow somebody to subscribe on Twitch and give them access to something that has been an exclusive perk for the Free Talk Live amplifiers. So um, if you want to support Free Talk Live, please join the AMP program at amp.freetalklive.com. If you want to support LRN, you can join the Twitch uh, thing or you can subscribe on patreon but the twitch and patreon subscribers they get access to special perks that the amplifiers get access to plus the amplifiers get more if that makes any sense so i would say if you can afford it subscribe uh, support both do both absolutely our patreon i think we only ask two bucks a month uh, for the lrn.fm satellite patreon and that's over at patreon.lrn.fm and then of course the the twitch thing is uh, is five but we only see about half of it, and they so. kind of—I would say—they serve different audiences. They do, yeah. yeah. So definitely appreciate all the support, and uh, and I hear that the Facebook group is still active. Uh, so I think that you know that's a cool perk. Well, that's uh, they're they're talking today. Great, all kinds of stuff going on. I get notifications for that group daily. Right on. They're not always you know the, the most prescient. It uh, was no, no <laughs> It was the one group that, uh, that, I, that that was the one group that kept me on Facebook a little while longer, and then I just said screw it, I'm quitting Facebook. And it's been great. And if you want to chat with Ian, he's over at discord.freetalklive.com. I'm in that Discord all day, every single day. Yeah. Or so. just, just send your questions to Mark, and he'll ask Ian and post Ian's answer. <laughs> I really hate that, but um, it's absolutely true. <laughs> all right. Uh, so do, do you feel like there's more that we need to share from this uh, f- I do. I Photoshop think I... manipulation of mugshots? Yeah, because, again, it gets uh, this next part gets into the, the departments that do it and don't. Oh, okay. or at least the ones that are admitting it and aren't admitting it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So among the police departments that do sometimes touch up suspects photos is the country's largest, the New York Police Department. Often it's a last resort. Uh, all a last resort because they don't have any real evidence, right? right. Like, yeah. OK, well, we got to do something, get a conviction. Uh, all efforts are made to alter the filler photos, not the subject's photos, says Sergeant Mary Frances O'Donnell, a spokeswoman for the department. I think that's a key difference as we move forward with the article is they will they have the you know their primary suspect and if the primary sp- suspect has facial tattoos they will put facial tattoos on the other on the other pictures right to see if they couldn't the, find anyone else with a facial tattoo so right so but you have to you have to you have to give people a choice to say mm-hmm. like you know to positively identify the guy but in the in the Oregon case they removed it because to make the suspect appear like the video Right, like the witness uh, eyewitness mm-hmm. account. So I thought that was a, a, a an important difference. I think it's wrong in both counts. Yeah, I, well, I would agree that you know that it, evidence is either evidence or mm-hmm. it's not. Right, like we shouldn't be talking to witnesses about fake stuff. Um, but I guess what I think is probably more important is is that everybody understand that witness testimony is 
flawed inherently. You talk to three different witnesses, you get three different stories, right? That people just don't remember what they saw because things were happening so quickly. The things that they remember, they probably remember very well, Mm -hmm. but it isn't always the face of the person that we're talking about. And when you, like, as you mentioned, when there's ethnic differences, it gets even more complicated. Uh, And, well, you know... I don't know how to address that. The jury needs to understand and and pay attention. When somebody says, I was at home on my phone playing Farmville, and they can prove that they were playing Farmville or something. Like, like this is, the cops can find out where your phone is, you know? There's all kinds of things that they... Yeah, they just don't bother doing the search to find out whether they're wrong. They're very good about finding out you know, evidence to support their their theory, but very bad at finding evidence that dismisses it. Right. So let me let me read this next line, Ian, because it kind of addresses your point, and I somewhat agree with you, but not a hundred percent. When confronted with a suspect whose scars or tattoos would stand out from the filler images, the department's photo unit adds the same features to the five filler photos to ensure the photo arrays are fair and impartial. She said, adding that investigators document all changes. So it's not like they add the facial tattoos to the filler photos and then they pick that guy and then go arrest that guy. They just they release the subject uh, because he was not. He positive. wasn't the identified. He, right. I see. I see. So if okay. they put if they put that guy up, you know, his fill, his filler photo and he was identified as having facial tattoos mm-hmm. and they put one guy with facial tattoos and four other people with no facial tattoos. Well, it's easy to go uh, the guy with the facial tattoos. Right. So, okay. So they, mm. they put the other they put the tattoos on the other people, so it's not but as that clear. doesn't indict them. It doesn't indict they, them. Uh, right. Okay. Okay. Uh, officials. Well, I see that. Okay. I, I, that's why I wanted to, yeah. to point that out. Officials at other police departments, including the Los Angeles, Chicago, and Philadelphia, said that they keep their hands away from Photoshop. Adding or removing tattoos is not something we do, says Detective Donnie Moses. No, we hire people to do it. <laughs> a spokesman for the Baltimore Police Department. You've got to be careful with these cops. I mean, these people and politicians, cops and bureaucrats, what they say may be true, but they may not be telling the whole truth. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't tamper with them at all, he said of photos for arrays. We would get killed in the courts as well as the media. That's something we don't mess with. And Good, it's, it's, and they would deserve it. Like this Oregon Police yeah. Department who yeah. finally got caught. Uh, in some cases... But what's the punishment? It, you know, even though they got caught and embarrassed, is the officer fired? Uh, probably no. Probably not. Yeah. In some cases, doing nothing about distinguishing marks may hurt suspects the most. A state appeals court in New Jersey last year tossed out an identification in which a witness had selected a man as the perpetrator because he was the only person with face tattoos in the photo. So basically mm-hmm. what I just said. Yeah. Uh, in a study published in 2016, researchers in the United States and England asked witnesses to watch someone with a distinctive feature commit a crime. When researchers then produced a photo array, which only one person had the distinctive features, witnesses were more likely to identify that person as the perpetrator. Even though it wasn't necessarily the person. Even when it was not the same person from the video. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's a strong argument then for adding the same features to the entire lineup. To the fillers, yes. Yeah. Not necessarily removing it from the suspect right. you know, to, to make him appear like the, the perpetrator. In essence, the unfair lineup made people more likely to confuse the guilty perpetrator with an innocent suspect, says Melissa Koloff, a psychology lecturer at the University of Birmingham, England, and an author of the study. 
Experts generally agree that finding filler photos with similar identifiable markings is the ideal solution, although a 2014, uh, excuse me, 2004 survey of 220 police departments, including many of the nation's largest, found that nearly a third did not do anything about unique marks. The toll-free number tonight, 855-450-FREE. Selling guns on Facebook Marketplace. It's a no-no, according to Facebook's rules. But some people have found a way around that. And that's something else that uh, you wanted to talk about with us, Richie. We'll get into that if we get the chance. And, of course, we'll take your calls and thoughts, whether you want to talk about uh, eyewitness testimony or really questionable police practices. You can join us here, 855-450-FREE. Like free. Yep, it's Free Talk Live. You're invited here if you want to join us on the radio. Moments remain, but enough time. For you, if you call now, our number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. Tonight, it's Ian. Richie Rich. And Mark. Check out more of Richie over on his show, The Anarchist Experience. Anarchistexperience.com. And what will they find there this week? Oh, what do we talk about this week? Okay, so this week was a little more personal because my my buddy talked to, uh, he was talking to some PhDs and trying to get their expert opinion on what can be changed uh, in the political sphere. So we talked a little bit about that. Huh. Um, he's he, he's trying to be like the best liberty activist he can in Hawaii. Okay. I'm like, good luck. All, yeah, good luck. I'm like, a lot of the things he was suggesting, I'm like, there's already people doing some of that here. Really? Like, there's, you, what, like what? Um, he wanted like a, like a meeting house mm-hmm. for liberty, you know, liberty minded people to gather. Yep. And, and argue. Dis- and argue and discuss ideas. Yeah. Like, already got that. And Sleep high. with each other's girlfriends. Yeah. <laughs> Drink heavily. Yeah, right. <laughs> Poker. <laughs> Darts and yeah, whatever. Um, and then, you know, we, we were talking about... Uh, that's a, that's so done here, like, one of them closed down. The King and Activist Center, like, ran through its lifespan at this right. point. But, I mean, but that's, you know, that's that's how far behind he is yeah. over there. Because they yeah, don't yeah. have anything even close to that. Um, you well, know, if I, all you've got is five activists, you're not going to have enough for an activist center. Right. Well, he he thinks that by it's like if they if you build it, they will come. Well, there is something to be said for that. However, it helps if there's actually a movement of people migrating to a place to make make sure there's enough people that could come or will want to come. Yes. Yeah. So, or like you know, the the center, the community, just people getting together, you know, buy, buying up some land where we can have our own little. I'm going to say compound because that's my word. Um, so he was, you know, he wants he wants to do something big. I'm like, dude, just come here and do it. Like, you know, just right. There's come. enough people here. Yeah. And he was talking about coming to uh, to visit in end of December. Excellent. So we, we might give him the tour around town and show him about. So, so you're going to bring a guy from Hawaii to New Hampshire in the middle of December. Well, he's he's from Hawaii now, but he's born and raised in Missouri. So, oh, okay, no big deal. Though. So it should yeah. be no big. He's like, right. I don't know, man. I'm kind of like non-mainland, all right. Like I've been in Hawaii long enough where I don't even feel like mainland people are my people <laughs> anymore. But whatever. He said December is good for him, so that's right, what he's fair doing. enough. Bring yep. him up. Uh, but yeah, anarchistexperience.com. If you want to hear that discussion, check him out. He's uh, on there once a week at uh, the Anarchist Experience. So, uh, Richie, you brought another story in here. This one's about. Is it about nuking hurricanes? No, but the, Michael Hampton did just say, uh, posted something to one of our uh, host groups saying apparently Donald Trump has suggested doing just that dropping a nuclear weapon inside a hurricane. When, ladies and gentlemen, when you go to vote in 2020, I wanted you to ask yourself. 
I mean, he's a thinker. Did Barack Obama suggest nuking hurricanes? Like, seriously. I mean, this guy's thinking out of the box here. That is out of the box. Like, let's spread nuclear material (laughs) all over the globe and, like, the spinning. (laughs) What do we got these bombs for, anyway, if it's not to nuke some hurricanes? What if nuking the hurricane prevented the destruction of Florida? (laughs) Right. Well, how are we going to know what the impact of these nukes have on the hurricanes unless we do it? That's that's right. (laughs) As long as he pronounces. Is it correctly? Nuclear. Nope. Nuclear. Nope. Oh. Nuclear. Nu- nu- yeah. Nuclear. Nuclear. Okay. I, I was a I nuclear know. guy too at one point. So was George Bush. Yeah. George W. Um, Bush. But I don't I'm know just, where that, that came I'm not, from. I'm not a nuclear guy. <laughs> that uh, <laughs> mispronunciation that. of nuclear. But uh, you know, uh, I got to say, Ian was right on that one. He certainly knew the proper pronunciation of nuclear. Facebook Marketplace. Uh, I, you know. I do not use Facebook anymore. I quit in early uh, 2018. It was actually New Year's Eve 2017, 2018, where I decided I wasn't going to be on Facebook anymore. But one of the things that I do hear that people like about it is that this marketplace is actually a fairly busy thing. It's like a, a, a place where you can actually find stuff. It's competitive with uh, like Craigslist, Craigslist or something yeah. like that. And because Facebook has such a large uh, built-in user base, it's a fairly active and fairly useful aspect of facebook i never checked it out when i was a member of the site so i don't know anything about it but i do know that they don't allow you to sell guns and drugs yeah and i i've i've used it uh to look for things i've never purchased anything off facebook marketplace i know aria bought a skateboard there okay got a great deal yeah i've seen stuff listed i've never bought anything and yeah but it's a but guns no gun sellers are taking to facebook marketplace to broker sales Exploiting a loophole despite the sale of guns being specifically forbidden Mm. by Facebook policy. According to the Wall Street Journal, uh, Facebook's marketplace feature was launched four years ago and has allowed more than two billion people to buy and sell secondhand items. The trick being used by sellers is to list gun cases or gun boxes (laughs) at inflated prices. Yeah. That indicate to those in the know that a gun is also being sold. Oh my God! It, wow! It doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like that great of a trick, right? Like, why wouldn't you do that? Well, it also sounds like a great way to scam somebody too. Like, well, I told you I was going to sell you a case for five hundred dollars. You got a case. That's what you paid for. Have a nice day. What are you yeah. going to do? Complain to Facebook's moderators about this? I said I was selling you a Did case you, for a Don't you meet in person for this Facebook marketplace? Ooh, I don't know. I don't think it's necessary because Facebook, you know, allows friends and everyone in the marketplace to to do like I I'm sure there's Could shipping Could you ship prices. a product? Yeah. yeah. I'm sure you could. But I don't I don't think in the case of gun sales you're like, "Oh yeah, just drop this in USPS priority yeah, mail." Yeah, that's overnight. true. It's probably you know? not that legal to ship a gun around. Yeah, don't you have to like go to a federally licensed gun dealer to ship a gun legally? That I don't I th- know. I think that you again, I'm not an attorney, but I think that's how you're legally supposed to ship okay. a gun to another person even if the even if the sale was like off the books. I think you still have to go through a licensed firearms okay. dealer. To, I th- correct me if I'm wrong on that, gun, gun folks. You can dial in 855-450-FREE. But that's a good point, Mark. If Facebook Marketplace is mostly in person, then you'd obviously be able to inspect the merchandise before you hand it over the cash. Yeah. This helps users evade Facebook's banned item policy. Smart. Buyers and sellers then communicate via private message to discuss the details of the transaction. So they Can put- I also sell a Ziploc baggie? Uh, that has a bunch of plant material in it, but just sell the baggie itself for $100? Sure. Nice. Why not? So similar to this, uh, <laughs> I, I shop on eBay quite a bit, and there, okay. was, there was a dude selling uh, Madden Bucks. 
like, Madden Bucks, like the coach Madden. Uh, uh, well, like the for the video game, the the Madden, yeah, the video, the game. video game Madden. Yeah, but he was he, a coach, I think, at one point. He was a coach yeah. and a, and a commentator, right? But the video game Madden, you know, they you you have to get in game currency to buy other things. Really, okay. they've got microtransactions in football games now. Apparently, well, this was a few years ago, but yes, they did. Oh my! So God. he was selling like Madden bucks on eBay, but you're not allowed to sell digital things like that on eBay at the time for whatever. Okay. So he had it listed as a paperclip. Like fifty bucks for a paperclip, and when you buy this paperclip, you get Madden you bucks get free. Free Madden bucks, right? Okay, right. So I thought, you know, I wasn't in the market for Madden bucks, but I did message him like, dude, love that, love the idea, love what you're doing. You know, keep up the good work. By the love way, it. this doesn't this technique, from what I understand, does not work when it comes to like government prohibitions on reselling alcohol, for instance. Mm. Um, they the they've written or whatever, you know, selling a paperclip and giving them a free bottle of, you know, Mad Dog or whatever. Uh, they've written these laws to be very, very tight on certain items. Okay. Well, apparently not guns. For instance, one seller in North Carolina this month posted a photograph of a gun case mm. that was being listed for $950. <laughs> the case itself only has a retail cost of about 30 bucks. Right. Uh, when the seller was interviewed, he indicated that he was actually trying to sell an AR-15, mm, uh, nice. not just the case. He then privately shared a photograph of the rifle laid out with more than 670 rounds of ammunition, dash, and of course, the case. Oh, so that's not included in the actual auction. It's just a photo of the case, and then you have to inquire. It doesn't say, it doesn't say in the, the auction scam. headline, like, AR-15 could fit in, you know, AR-15 compatible or whatever. Nope, you just no? you, you, well, not in this case. It's just here's the case. Yeah, you know, it's 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 a rifle case. So you know, see, I would want to put AR-15 in the title or the keywords or something like that. That way, somebody's going to find the find uh, it. Yeah, the, the sale. Sure. But I mean, they they see a gun case listed for nine fifty, and you go, hey, what do you, what do you got? I see. Right, and then you go like, hey, what do you have? Mm, and an then, overpriced uh, Bushmaster. Yeah. Uh, naturally, these types of posting are going to raise fresh scrutiny about Facebook's ability to police its platform especially as it helps to grow its marketplace to sell more advertisements. Facebook's marketplace remains a giant in online sales outlet with one in three people in the U.S. visiting the site each month. One in three? Honestly, that seems low. Like, I mean, it's right there on the They're saying uh, one out of three Americans is going to the marketplace specifically? That's, uh, that's the way I'm reading it. One in three people wow. visit in the U.S. They're very good about uh, push notifications on this thing. Yeah. Um, you get notices of people selling stuff? Yeah. Like once you search for something, if you don't like buy it right away, you'll get ads like, you'll, "Hey, this has you. been listed in the ah. market." Something similar to what you've been looking for is now being listed in the market. Interesting. Well, I mean, kudos to them for you know setting this thing up. I, I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily to have uh, more ways for people to sell their stuff online, especially if there's a large audience there. So, and does it cost money? Is it or just like an included service? Does Facebook take a cut? I've never posted an ad in the yeah. marketplace, so I, wonder, I couldn't answer that. I wonder how that works. But either way, I mean, if you got if you have a gun case for sale, now you know, you know where to sell it. Because most of Craigslist listings are free, if uh, I recall correctly. I think they changed it for cars recently, but I think that- yes, most most private items are are free listings. Yeah. They, they for job postings and gigs, they have started charging for that recently. Well. And of course, don't forget Liberty Menu. If you care about freedom, you can list your stuff there, and I don't think there's any restrictions. No, I, I, I don't think there is. All right, we'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, freetalklive.com. You love Bitcoin. It's the future, right? Well, no, not if everyone stops using it. I mean, think about it. How many places in your town take Bitcoin? One? None? Let's be real. If this Bitcoin thing is ever going to happen, it's going to need your help. The good news is the guys at AnyPay have your back. We built a website called helpmetakebitcoin.com. 
and it's a place you can send any business. And they'll be set up to take Bitcoin in five minutes. Helpmetakebitcoin.com.